Welcome. You're back. Thank you for coming back. Men of the Prize, the podcast. It is I, it is Harvey. It, um, it's been an interesting week. I feel like every week is pretty interesting, but I always get kind of a lot of enjoyment out of sitting here and just talking. Either it's just me, my, myself, or talking to a guest. This week, Dexter Peggins, nice conversation. Good man, talked about some stuff. But what I want to talk about is kind of what we talked about off the microphone. And real quick, we were talking about emotions and how the idea of just talking about how you're feeling, what you're going through, it's so taboo that at times when you're talking about something, even the idea of talking about something that's going on, we need to preface it with, you know, with the no homo type of thing, that if it's too emotional, that I don't want you, I don't want to say this and give you the impression that it's, you know, that it's gay or something. And sometimes this comment when it's just kind of sexual commentary and stuff like that. But other times when you're getting a little too deep, we throw that out there just to say, listen, you know what? No, don't worry. I'm not gay. I'm just, you know, just saying this. And that's pretty sad for us that we have to preface our emotions or what we talk about by protecting ourselves with the cloak of uh, heterosexuality. We need to be comfortable with talking about whatever else is going on. And it doesn't need to be taboo. It needs to be normal. We need to normalize talking about what's going on. And I'm hoping that's what this podcast will do. I'm hoping that this will normalize talking about what's going on in your life to whomever you're comfortable speaking to. If you get nothing else, and I say it before every episode, if you get nothing else, use that voice to find somebody to listen, not just to hear you, but to listen, to understand. Hearing is good. Are they listening? Do you feel like you're talking to somebody who's there or you're just talking to a brick wall? It's hard to find somebody like that, but once you find them, you don't let them go. So you make a point to talk to somebody, talk to anybody and get it out. If you don't have a person to speak to, do you, you know, do you journal? Write it down, get it out somehow. Do you gym, do you meditate, do you do yoga? What do you do to deal with the emotions? Because if it comes out controlled, you're in good shape. If it comes out uncontrolled, it's chaotic, it's toxic. And that's the last thing we want. We don't ever want to be toxic. I hate that term, toxic masculinity. It's clearly something, we just have to get past it or not even get past it, stop it before it even starts. So with that said, like I mentioned, our guest, my guest this week is Dexter Peggins and here's his bio. Husband, father, pastor, veteran, author, mentor, and business owner are some of the hats worn by Dexter Peggins Jr. Dexter's personal mandate is to help people get clarity concerning their purpose overcome life's what-ifs, and win in difficult situations. The diversity of his experiences makes him a sought-after speaker in the areas of leadership and personal development and a trusted advisor for those dealing with life's most crucial issues. Dexter holds a bachelor's degree in Christian ministry and a master of public administration. He has authored three books, The Garden Experience, Perspective, Seven Stories from the Bible That Will Impact Your Life and Leadership, 
and dear son, the words of a father to the heart of a son, promoting the message of purposeful living and the power of a second chance. Dexter is the founder of the City of Refuge Enterprise, a nonprofit that provides mentoring services to at-risk youth. He currently serves and or has formerly served on a number of advisory boards, which include My Brother's Keeper, New Leaders Council, Department of Juvenile Justice, Georgia Prison Reentry Initiative, Blount Beginning, Transitional Home, Purpose Center. Quite a bio. He's done a lot and he continues to do so. And it was a good conversation. But you know what I like to end with. You know I like a good quote. And this one is good. Dexter mentioned, you know, he tells us what he was, what he wanted to do when he grew, when he grew up, what he was looking to do as he's growing up. And you hear it when you hear the episode. And this kind of connects to it. The quote is this. I always thought it was me against the world. And then one day I realized it's just me against me. It's Kendrick. You know who that is, Kendrick Lamar. I feel like I might even use that quote before, but it fit when I was talking to Dexter. I figured I'd bring it back. We are at times our own worst enemy. Don't fight yourself. Fight the struggle, fight society, fight whatever. But you are your best friend and your experiences are what build you. Are you ready for this episode? This is a good one. Enjoy. And don't forget, you know what I've been telling you. You didn't forget, did you? You are a man and you are the prophet. Have a good one. Men are the prize, the podcast. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for listening. Dexter Peggins is the guest this week. Mr. Peggins, how are you, sir? Harvey, I'm doing well, my brother. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining. I appreciate it. Another good week. It's I like doing this podcast, but I, you know, I have a bias. I like talking to my brothers. I like getting a black man on here so we can talk about things. I think our life, our questions, our discussion has a little nuance. I think it's a little bit different. So I always like doing it. I begin every episode the same way. I am just an expert at being me. That is as much, as much skill, as much that I've been taught. This podcast was created so that men can be vocal and talk about whatever's going on. I know it, you know it. We're not built for that. Typically, we're not trained for that. We just grow up, rub some dirt on whatever issue and we keep it moving. And that's not good for our psyche, for our health, for our family, for anything. So if you get nothing else from this podcast, talk. Find somebody to talk to friend, neighbor, somebody who's trained, a psychotherapist, social worker, anybody who you can talk to. Don't hold in whatever pain or trauma you've dealt with. Get it out. The more you do that, the better you will be in life. So if nothing else, I hope this lights a fire and you find a person who you can talk to. And with that said, Mr. Peggins, are you ready? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Do it. So like I said, I mentioned earlier, the guests are the people I love talking to. The listeners have already heard your bio, but if I had to, if you had to give me a 20 second bio right now, somebody just walked up on the street, walked up to you, like, tell me about you real quick. What would you tell them? 
Listen, I'm I'm a simple man. I'm a man who who loves people uh, and wants to see everybody win. Uh, I'm a husband. I'm a father. Uh, a, a person of the community, I guess some people would say. Uh, but long story short, you know, if, if I can make a difference, uh, that's what I aim to do. So that's my narrative. Excellent. That's good. All right. Let's talk about it. So if you haven't listened before and this is the first time, the mantra that I came up with, it's based off of the word pride. Hmm. Five letters. I took four of the letters and use the letters to come up with some characteristics, some actions that are, you know, that kind of shape what a good man should be. So we're going to talk about four of the letters. The middle letter is the end of that discussion. So we're going to start with the first letter. That's P. The word is purpose. A word that's important to you, Mr. Paggins, as I was looking into you. We'll talk about that. Reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. So, sir, what is your purpose? Uh, Harvey, man, you, you start off with a hard question. You're going in, baby. <laughs> You know, I, I think that's the, the question that trips up a lot of people, you know, when they, they're, they're, you know, aiming to discover their, their own what if or, or, or their own reason for being. But I'll simply say this, you know, I'm, I'm in the wisdom business, you know, uh, I like to give uh, solicited and unsolicited advice. And so, uh, you know, I'll just say that, you know, I, I offer uh, what I like to believe to be practical and life impacting wisdom. Uh, for men looking to be better men, you know, even uh, in, in regards to uh, what I believe we'll discuss today, uh, you, you know, as men, you know, we're, we're always working on being better, you know, and, and a lot of that uh, being better requires somebody else modeling what it is that we want to demonstrate in our own lives. And so, you know, uh, in, in efforts of being transparent, I hope that I am encouraging men to be better. Uh, in many regards, uh, I feel like I've become a, a father figure to a lot of men. And so, uh, you know, day by day, I'm, I'm leaning more and learning more about my own purpose. Excellent. So you said you give solicited and sometimes unsolicited advice? Uh, correct. I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> okay. So let me ask you about that. Do you ever get a negative response from offering unsolicited advice to a man? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, no, because by the time it gets to that point, there's a, there's a level of trust. And, and I think for, at least in the circles that, that I do provide that kind of feedback to, um, they'll come back and say, you know what, I needed to hear that. I might not have wanted to hear it in the moment, but what you said was, was what was needed. Uh, so thank you for that. And so, uh, for the most part, it's, it's always been well received, uh, even even the hard conversations, you know, but, you know, through that that development of trust, you know, we're able to have those more difficult conversations. Okay. So as a giver of that kind of advice, which at times I'm sure it's probably not the best thing to hear. I'm sure it, it hurts in the moment, but you appreciate it later. Hmm. So allow me to ask, are you comfortable with that kind of advice given to you are you there now have you always been there what's that kind of journey been for you? um no nah, listen uh sometimes it's hard for me to be the recipient now i'm be honest <laughs> i'm the one who gives the advice you know right. but, uh, <laughs> but but no nah, you know I, I think where i'm at in life right now uh because i i i don't want to waste a lot of time 
I welcome those hard conversations, you know, uh, now, you know, I, the expectation is, you know, if you can be tactful, you know, be, be exercise some tact in it, but, uh, no matter how hard the feedback may be, uh, if it's beneficial, like I said, I, I welcome it. You know, there was times in my life when I was younger where I would brush it off and, you, you know, Harvey is just one of those things, man. You, 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 I'm, I'm in my forties now. It's almost like you wake up one day, you'd be like, man, where did the time go? Sir. And, you know, in hindsight, 2020, there was a lot of lessons that I think that if I had um, took the time when I was younger, you know, I could only imagine where I would be mentally, uh, financially, emotionally uh, right now. And so where I'm at in life right now, uh, I definitely welcome uh, that degree of feedback. Youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Last question about this, because I find it interesting. So a lot of lessons, a lot of info that you kind of just give to people that you talk to. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask this about you in particular. If you have the choice between learning a hard lesson through action, through what you might have done in life, good or bad, would you prefer that? Or you in your younger days, having a Dexter come to you and tell you what's about to go down and you should avoid this. Are you, would you prefer the experience or would you prefer the advice beforehand? You know, somebody once told me that, uh, how's the expression go? Uh, a wise person, uh, uh, how's it? You you learn from a uh, fool learns from the mistakes of others, but the wise learns from. Uh, I know. I'm messing up the whole thing, right? It's now. cool. I know what you mean, though. <laughs> but but to, to be honest, Harvey, I, I think, man, I you know, in all honesty, because I, I bang my head so much, uh, I actually would prefer somebody to have come and talk to me when I was younger. You know, because some of those some of those headaches and those mistakes, why I can walk away and say, you know, I, I learned a lot from them. Man, they, they hurt so much going through the process yeah. uh, that, you know, and, and, and truthfully, I don't know if, uh, you know, some of those things that I fully have even reconciled just, you know, to this date. Uh, and, and to be honest, you know, somebody could have said, hey, you know what, this thing that you're doing, here's the pitfall. Uh, if you proceed, you know, and, and them explaining that from a point of experience, I think I would have been uh, more more ready to receive it back then. I like that question. I think it's interesting how we deal with situations really kind of frames it kind of makes the kind of person we are. So I feel like sometimes you need to go through some stuff. Yeah. Because it'll stick with you. Words mm -hmm. are great, but kind of, you know, scars might affect you more so yeah you know it's, it's it's a mixed bag now you know like i said I, I could definitely on the you know hindsight 2020 on the other side of it i can say that i'm a better man um but like i said i, I also in that acknowledging that i'm a better man i also know that i'm a more guarded man as well uh and so i, I don't think i'm as um opening or open as maybe I once was because of those experiences. And so, you know, I guess the tension between that is, yes, I've learned, but what did I lose in the process as far as who I am? Okay. And with that, we move to the next letter and the word mm -hmm. prize. The letter is R, the word is resilience. 
Hmm. Resilience is defined as the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, toughness. So we've all been through experiences. We men have all gone through stuff, things that we didn't plan for, things that we caused. Can you think of a situation, either young or now, that informed you of your resilience, maybe that you didn't know you already had? Something that happened that kind of forced you to deal. Ooh, man, I got a few, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I'm I'm going to I'm going to exercise some discretion tonight, and uh, yeah. I, I'll say this: uh, there was a time uh, several years ago when uh, my my wife and I, uh, mainly because of my my own foolishness, uh, we we were on the verge of, of foreclosure, repossession of, of several things, and and I remember the the weight of all of the collectors calling me and, and it's almost like a, a panic attack, you know, kicked in. But uh, the reality was, is that no matter how anxious I felt in the moment, uh, that anxiety wasn't going to get the issue resolved. And so, uh, so, you know, I learned to be more strategic, you know, in that season, you know, uh, it went from just talking about it to really being about it. And so, uh, so I learned a, a lot about my own resiliency, uh, my own capacity to make stuff happen. And so uh, that was a, a trying season for sure. But uh, on the other side of it, uh, one of those uh, you learn by tr trial by fire, I, I could say that we came out better. So that's great. That's great. Um, economics or just money in general is obviously I'm a married man just like you. And that can always have a trying effect on a relationship. Obviously, I'm not sure if that's the number one cause of divorce, but I'm sure it's one of the highest. It's, okay. it's, it's, mm -hmm. so it's a big one. So while this is going on, and we don't need to go in depth, this is more about how you were handling it. So while this is going on and the weight of this guilt that you have, mm -hmm. what did you turn to when you were struggling? How did you get through it? What was your solace? Man, that's good. You know, and, and let me say this, you know, I can attribute a lot of the weight and the pressure because, uh, you know, we as men, a lot of our identity is rooted in our ability to provide. And so in essence, um, with the bill collectors coming and stuff like that, uh, subconsciously or, you know, it, it, it was really attacking my my sense of manhood, you know, that, you know, what I was doing or what, what had transpired was impacting my family. Uh, you know, I'm a man of faith. And so uh, prayer has always been a, a critical and a vital part of my life. Uh, and so, you know, praying, but not just praying, but learning to really listen, you know, uh, whether it be med meditation and stuff like that, I, I really learned to, to listen to, you know, what I would call the inner witness, you know, what, what my spirit was telling me, you know, and, and, uh, and of course I saw a lot of the errors, you know, I think in that time, that meditative space of prayer, I was able to finally start to see the error in the mistakes that I was making. Uh, and then from that, that place of clarity, now I could actually format a plan. And that plan is what my wife and I were able to follow through with and uh, to get us through that, that time. That's great. That's good. I typically ask this question after the whole prize question, but you kind of brought it up. One thing that I like to ask men is how do you self-soothe? 
-hmm. And what I mean by that is, what do you do when it's the weight? It's all of it. It's crashing down on you. How do you handle it? What do you do? What do you do to relax? So I feel like you kind of mentioned it, but mm -hmm. if you can reiterate, how do you self-see? Yeah, definitely. So once again, yeah, I, I pray, I, I meditate. Uh, contrary to what it might look like, I actually like to go run. Uh, that's one of those old army uh, habits that, you know, still stick with me. I, I get out there. It's not as fast as it used to be, but I do get out there and do it. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I fish. Uh, but then, uh, you know, one, one, one of the things that uh, I probably won't be doing it, I haven't been doing it lately with these gas prices, but I actually like to drive around. You know, I like to just look at different areas and it's almost like progressive, you know, where I started from to where I'm at now. Uh, that helps me to, to have a better framework of whatever the issue is I'm dealing with to look at it from a, a bigger scale and say, you know what, it's not as bad as you're making out to be in this moment. We skip the I because we'll come back to that. The next letter in the word prize is Z. That stands for zeal, defined yeah. as enthusiastic devotion. So what are you enthusiastically devoted to? My family, uh, young people, uh, you know, helping, helping men. You know, uh, one of the things that uh, I've been fortunate enough to do was I started a nonprofit a couple of years ago working with at-risk youth. And it's almost like I'm having a conversation with a, a younger Dexter, you know, in many regards, because, hey, listen, <laughs> they're making a lot of the same mistakes I was making when I was younger, you know. Uh, and so, uh, you know, while they are their own individual uh, men and young men, um, it's, it's still a lot of commonality. And, and, much to what we were talking about earlier, what I have preferred to have had somebody older talk to me about the uh, the things I was doing, I, I get to be that that voice of reason for a lot of these young men, uh, and so I'm passionate about that. You know, one of the things I I personally believe is that as men, we have a responsibility to a community. Um, you know, it's up to you to define that community, but we should be giving back in some capacity. Uh, and so I, I find a, a lot of passion, a, a lot of energy uh, in, in serving my family and as well as uh, those young men. Yeah, the way our conversation is going, a lot of questions that I kind of save for the end, I feel like they kind of fit now. So you talk to a lot of men and you mentioned that you're somewhat of a father figure. Mm -hmm. One thing that I recognize through talking to a lot of men and just in general, is that the reason we have such an issue talking about what's going on, aside from how we're raised? I'm Haitian, we're Caribbean. No talk about that. Rub some dirt on it, move on, keep it going. But one thing that's kind of ingrained in us is that just deal with it. Yeah. My question for you is this. One of the reasons I think we don't do it is because we may not have someone. Do you have a number one, aside from family? So it can't be your wife, can't be your brother, can't be whomever. Do you have a person right now, if something went down, good or bad, you could call them, this is what happened. I need to get this off my chest with, fear, with no fear of reprisal, judgment, just somebody who you could just lay it out to and they would be there for you? 
Man, that's uh, that's a loaded question. So I'm gonna say yes. I I believe I do. Here's the thing, you know, and, and I'll be transparent. You know, the challenge for me is being able to go that far. You know, so a lot of people say, hey, you know, you can trust me with this. Um, it's hard for me to do that because I don't know how to do that. You you get what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Uh, and so. Uh, so I got, you know, uh, uh, tight core of friends. I, I have mentors in my life. You know, I have a pastor uh, as well. Uh, and so everybody's uh, available is just my apprehension or inability to really be totally vulnerable. I, I can't, you know, in all honesty, say I know what that looks like. Uh, and I think it's much to what you mentioned about the you know, rub dirt on it and keep it moving. You know, it just, it was something that I, I never learned to do, you know? And so uh, it ne never felt like, you know, I, I was given the opportunity to to just share what I was feeling in a, a judgment-free environment. You know, everybody, you know, my experience growing up was, you know, if you shared something and it was uh, contrary to what somebody else thought, they would shoot it down. And so what that taught me was to suppress what I was dealing with. And so now as a, an older man, you know, I've, I've tried to work through some stuff, but, you know, to be a hundred percent honest, I, I can't honestly say that I know what that looks like to be, to lay it all on the table. And then I, and I bought it's It is a loaded question because there's layers to it. Yeah. One thing I've realized being vulnerable is a beautiful thing, but having access to vulnerability, I think is the bigger thing. You can get to the point where you know what, I can lay it out and I can say it, but if I don't have a vessel, if I don't have that person that I can just lay it out with, then it's almost wasted. And then you feel like it's unnecessary because I've got all this and I, I want to talk to somebody, but I have no one. And I think that's an issue for a lot of men, which is ironic because we all need it, but we can't yeah. always be it for each other. Yeah. And I feel like it's just this constant battle. I want to talk, but I don't know who to talk to. Come on, you can talk to me, but I don't know you like that. It's yeah. all, it's amazing. It seems so simplistic because I think we're in this age now, especially in our community, where it's becoming more comfortable, more, it's not as taboo to say I have a therapist. Or to talk to, usually it's find your pastor, find the deacon, talk, you'll be fine. You don't need a psych. You're crazy. You talk to a psych. Yeah. What? What's that? So to have somebody, a friend, like a friend mm -hmm. to talk about stuff, it's a big deal. And that's something we need I, to teach. I, I mean, it is, you know, I, I you know, I, I listened to some of the conversations my wife has with, with her uh, girlfriends and man, they hours just it's almost like a therapy session you know yeah, yeah. And, and you know and, and for as close as me and, and some of my, my partners are we, we don't we don't go that deep you know it's it's very you know very broad you know we talk of sports you know we're talking you know investments and stuff like that but none of that real soul stuff we we, we don't we don't scratch the surface on that so you, you know, one of the things as an older man and, and one of the things that I applaud a lot of our, our millennial brothers and younger, I feel like they have a better grasp on being um, willing to get that help and to be able to open up in that capacity. 
and and, and I, um, I I really do kind of envy that generation because uh, I feel like my generation and older it was just taboo, like you mentioned, to the idea of a therapy and oh man, you ain't got no issues, you know, uh, you know, why are you gonna go sit there and talk to some some strange, you know, all, all of that the the help that we 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 we've uh, diminished the necessity in the in the value of mental health. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I'm really glad that um, it really seems like that tide is changing and people are really to the point now where they know that it's a real need. Okay, excellent. You talk to a lot of men, and like you mentioned, your father figure to a lot of them. Is there, and obviously every man is different, every situation is different, but with all the men or young men that you speak to, is there one or two particular issues that you are giving advice or talking to men about? Is there something that's consistently, something that consistently comes up with these men that you're talking to? Ooh, uh, a lot of father wounds um, as far as identity, how they show up in the world. Um, it, it, it manifests in trying to be overly you know, masculine or, or whatnot, because uh, they, you know, feel like they're having to compensate. Uh, what's another issue that that I see quite, quite often? You know, it's, 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 it's little, like how to show up, you know, be there for your family. You know, if, if all of your examples disappear, uh, it's going to be easy for you to take that, that attitude as well. Uh, even, even this conversation tonight, you know, being able to be transparent, you know, uh, a lot of men just don't know how to acknowledge their stuff, you know? And so, you know, me being able to say, Hey, look, I struggle in talking about being transparent, you know, but, but I know I need to work it out. You know, that's for, I I hope that this is an example and a pattern that other men can say, Hey, you know what? I need to figure it out too, you know, cause, cause it's not all good in the hood. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things because I started doing this, I'm kind of reading up articles, quotes, and all that stuff. And it's a lot of it's okay to not be okay and stuff like that. Acknowledging just the struggle of just being. Mm. It's hard. It, it, it is, you know, and and you know, a lot of a lot of us brothers, you know, let's be honest, you know, I'll say this another thing is is balance, you know, how to balance that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to acknowledge, yeah, something's going on. You know, a lot of us just lean into get it done, get it done, get it done. But what do you do with that stuff that has been weighing you down for a long time? That still needs to be addressed, you know? And so, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying not to be a walking contradiction because I feel like I'm, I'm talking to myself right now, <laughs> but, uh, but, but it's real, you know, uh, I, in acknowledging my own issues, I see my stuff in other men. And, you know, I'm just, you know, we, we, we try to have that conversation as best as we can. What did a young Dexter want to do? So teen, young, 12, 13, what were your aspirations growing up? What was the job, the act, the career, the thing that was going to make you happy? What did you want to do? And honestly, I wanted to be a rapper. But... Okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, but man, like that that got shot down so fast, you know. Uh, <laughs> that mixtape didn't work out, brother. <laughs> no, hey, listen, listen. Hey, I had bars, man. But, okay. Uh, but uh, you know, just people, uh, you know, older 
yeah, family members and stuff telling me, hey, you can't make a career out of that. You know, there's there's no future in that. You know, suppressing the dream in essence. Uh, what what I see the 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 irony is is that you know whether I made it as a musician or not, I, I see what I do now as a as a career uh, and the opportunities that have been made available. I can see the connection with with music. Uh, I'm not rapping, but I but I do speak. You know, and so uh, maybe I didn't understand the context of what I was doing. You know, the framework. Uh, maybe music was just the the catalyst to get me comfortable with getting in front of audiences and stuff. But uh, as a young man, I definitely wanted to uh, be an MC. Okay, all right. So you grew up, you had an idea, this is what you wanted to do and we're young and I know I went through a bunch of different things I wanted to do. And you know, we start one way and we end up somewhere completely different, you never know. That leads into the last letter in the word prize, that is E, the word is expectation. Mm. So expectation is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. So young, you want to be a rapper, mm. now, older man, when you see you're living life now, but as you look into the future, if you can tell me what you expect of yourself in one year, in five years, and in 10 years, what is Dexter going to be doing in those time frames? Uh, within the, the next five years, uh, want to grow out our nonprofit, uh, wanted to be recognized as a regional um, leader uh, in, in mentoring services for at-risk youth. Uh, maybe we can uh, partner with some maybe state um, initiatives, who knows, maybe even on the national level. Uh, within 10 years, I actually want to run for office, um, maybe on the, the state level as a um, maybe a, a senator. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of the, the game. Uh, I won't say the game, but the goal right now. Uh, I, I, I believe once again that I have a responsibility to serve. And so I want to do that uh, in the capacity that I think that I can best do that in a policy. And just leading, setting the example and the tone, and so um, so that's 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 the plan. Okay. Why should you lead? Why do you have the responsibility to lead? Uh, as crazy as this might sound, uh, man, Harvey, man, you you, you pulling on the question there. <laughs> I, I'll say this: that uh, I, I feel, I feel like a God calling to do it, you know, um, I, I won't even say I feel, I know that it's a, a God call to do it. Uh, because if I'm not doing it, I, I almost feel like everything is out of whack. You know, I, I don't feel my personal balance if I'm not doing it. And so, um, but when I'm doing it, I, I feel like everything in my life is uh, aligned and, and in tune. Uh, and so that's that's really what it is. It 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 feels like um, I'm being my truest self when I'm in that capacity. Okay, I like that. The fact that it's it seems like it's almost natural to you to mm -hmm. help people. That's like what you put on this earth to do. And there's a lot of people who help, 
and then there's a few people who are meant to help. And yeah. it seems like it's obvious that you're here. That's what you're meant to do. So I applaud you for being that man because we need them. Appreciate it, bro. Now, so the last letter in the word prize, it is I. And mm. it doesn't stand for anything specific, but it really reflects the man. We talk about purpose, resilience, zeal, and expectation. Now with you, Dexter, we take off the title. So you're not a father, husband, employee, pastor, speaker, neighbor, anything. So mm -hmm. brass tacks, it's just you at your core, nothing else. Who are you? Uh, man. Uh, I, I am a, I'm a leader. Um, I am a, um, man, I'm just a man who wants to help people win and uh, <laughs> uh, overcome what ifs, you know, and, you know, at, at, at my core, that's, that's what it is, you know, in, in, in any room, whether I'm quiet or talking, you know, it, it always seems like that gets pulled out. And so, um, so I am a leader, you know, and I acknowledge that and I accept that. That's good. That's good. We get a calling and it's our job to take it. It's clear that you have. So thank yeah. you for answering the questions in the prize mantra. I appreciate that. I got a few more questions to throw at you to kind of- Bring them on, Harvey. Let's, let's do it. I'm feeling you look good. I ain't see you beat a sweat either. You look good, brother. Hey, man, appreciate it. Cool under fire, my yes, friend. Yes, sir. Yeah. First question. Mm -hmm. What are you afraid of that you cannot control? What am I afraid of that I cannot control? Um. This might sound crazy, but uh, I feel like I'm I'm afraid to disappoint God, you know. Um, uh, but I think I can't control that. But uh, I, I'm I, I you, you know it's just I, I'm I'm afraid that I'm not going to exhaust all my gifts before I I, I transition. Okay. You know. Okay. Um, yeah. I like that. Okay. All right other side of that coin and you might have given it already but what are you afraid of that you can control yeah that um that's pretty much it yeah i, I mean because the, the thing is uh th there's this fear that you know maybe it's my efforts are, are might be misunderstood and, and then for that reason you know i might want to scale back but the reality is is that if i scale back then i'm choosing not to be myself and so there's that you know there's that always that internal battle of you know am i really doing everything that i can and that i know to do uh and you know within that framework you know you have to be honest with yourself and then sometimes in that honesty, you know, I know that I can do more. It's just for whatever reason, I haven't. Does that drive you? It does. I think that's important. If you were ever, while content with what you're doing, could you really do the job? No, I listen. I you know, my my wiring. I'm 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 the most analytical person I know. I'm the most critical of myself person that I know. And so it's always that I could have done more, you know, and man, it's almost like some days I, I wish I wasn't that way, but you know, this, this is all I know. 
Okay. I like that. All right. What's the best advice that a man gave you growing up? <laughs> uh, be patient with yourself. Yeah. Which uh, obviously I probably haven't uh, listened. You know, I haven't really took that message to heart just yet, but but it, it was be patient with yourself. What's the worst advice somebody gave you growing up? <laughs> uh, worst advice that somebody gave me um, to to sow my wild oats. Yeah, you know, yeah. I had a feeling you would have something to do with the ladies. I figured something that <laughs> some some other person saying do this, do that. Yeah. yeah, that's usually the way. That's usually the way. Yeah. And my last question in this, and because this is somewhat of what you do, but I have a I have an eighteen year old son. Mm. Just kind of a few weeks, he just turned eighteen. So technically, he's a man, but he's eighteen. He's not even close. He mm. still got a lot to do. He still got a lot to learn. Yeah. 18 year old man kind of about to hit the world do his thing one piece of advice that you could give to a young man growing up in the world that we live in now in this kind of culture that we're living in now in particular because brothers what mm -hmm. one good piece of advice would you give a black boy growing up now uh <laughs> One of the things I would say is uh, live courageously, um, be a student, um, live courageously, meaning uh, don't don't be afraid to be yourself. You know, I think for the most part, um, we we as men, it seems like it takes a very long time for us to get to this place of comfort in being yourself. But be courageous. You know, there's there's only one you. Uh, but be a student as well. Um, sometimes it's OK to acknowledge that. Um, you might not be the smartest person that there is seasons and times where you just need to, to be more of an observer, uh, than the orator. Uh, and so in, in being a student uh, of the world, you'll know how to navigate that world that you want to be a part of. And so, uh, I, I think those two things right there, uh, be very helpful. Uh, and then once again, as a person of faith, um, trust God, um, and, and in doing that, um, the sky is literally, um, I, I won't even say the sky's the limit. You know, I, I think all things are possible uh, if, if you uh, put those three things into operation. Excellent. Excellent. I appreciate your time. It was nice to just crack open and have a brother and talk. Where can our listeners find you, talk to you, tell us your social media, your website, anything that's going on. Let us in on everything. Well, Harvey, I want to say thank you once again for having me. This this wasn't as hard as I, 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 was, I was a little concerned. I said, Harvey, go on, go on. give me with the sledgehammer. But uh, but no, if if you want to contact me, it's, it's really simple. Uh, Dexter Peggins Jr. That's D-E-X-T-E-R-P-E-G-G-I-N-S-J-R. Uh, you can find me on all platforms under that name. That's uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, uh, really simple. And also my website is 
DexterPagansJr.com. So it's real, really simple. All right, fantastic. Thank you so much for the talk. It was easy because this is only part one. I'm going to get part two and then I bring out the real questions. Big gun. <laughs> I love a good quote. And actually, I begin. So somebody, the listeners have heard one to begin. And I like quotes, so I like to end one. And I try to find one that I think hopefully will fit who I'm speaking to. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Here's what I found for you. And it comes from one of my sisters. I did then what I knew how to do. Now that I know better, I do better. I like That's my Angelou. I like it. I can do it. It felt good. Yeah. It represented our struggle. And it came from Maya, so it can't be wrong. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you to the listeners for listening to the Man of the Prize podcast where your inner monologue is revealed. It's been a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Have a good one.